Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Welcome back to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. What's up, guys? My name is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Momatrician. Coming at y'all today with a brand new episode of Suicide Pages. And today I have Miss B with me. She's originally from Houston, but currently lives in Arkansas, she said. And needless to say, we just met, but I already like feel like I know her. Do you ever have that? You think you've known this person and then you live. Is she my sister? Isn't she my sister? But you know what? I digress. Let's get the party started. We're going to be talking about heavy stuff. As you know, suicide is no fun stuff. But if anybody can pull off a story about suicide, it's me. Because you know what? We got to live. And there's only one way to do it. Just do it. So Miss B, welcome to the building. Thank you so much for wanting to write on our pages today. What's going on, sister? How are you? I'm doing good, Dr. Lulu. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. A little nervous, but I'm looking forward to it. You know what they say, right? Just breathe through it. Nervousness is for like chickens. Let me tell you something. Whitney freaking Houston. I read her bio that was never written. She said that every time she got on stage, she was nervous. Whitney Houston, can you believe that? Like, I'm like, okay, then I'm okay. You know, so thank you so much for coming and being one of my first that I'm recording this year, believe it or not. Everyone I've been, all the episodes from last, from up to last week were like all from last year. You're like one of my first interviews for this year. So I'm really, really excited. Tell me, where do you want to start, Miss B? How do you want to proceed with this thing? Well, I guess I'll just kind of start with, um, you know, what led me to the space where I was having, you know, suicidal thoughts and, um, you know, thinking that I would, I would be better off dead. I just wanted to have some relief and everything that I sought out just wasn't, wasn't giving me that relief. Um, so I guess it was the, um, the fall of 2018, um, the fall of 20. Yeah, I believe it was the fall of 2018. Um, at the time I had been married about seven years at that point. And, um, I find, I found out, you know, pretty, uh, not, not long ago that my husband had had, my husband at the time was having, um, probably his third or fourth affair. And I just remember, um, 
feeling just blindsided. Uh, just, it, you know, all of the trauma from the previous things that had happened in our marriage, um, I just felt it all in my body at one time. And it was very paralyzing. It, it, I, I felt so paralyzed. And I remember um, at the time I was, I was living in Houston and I was living in an absolutely beautiful apartment, um, you know, in, in the Rice Village area and, you know, drove a really nice car and had all of the things from the outward appearance that you would think would be a great life. And in a lot of ways, it was a great life. Um, but th there was so much deception that was going on that I just wasn't aware of. And so that's where that feeling and that experience of being blindsided came in and just completely overwhelmed me. So I was in Houston and at the time he was in Arkansas and was supposed to be preparing for us to, to relocate. And um, at the time, you know, he was having an affair while he was in Arkansas while I was still in Houston. And <clears throat> I remember there was one very vivid memory that I have um, that kind of set me over that really took me to this dark space. And um, I remember he, you know, I was, I was taking a shower and I was listening to music. We shared a Spotify account and I was listening to a playlist and all of a sudden the song changed and he had put on the song, I think it's by Donnell Jones. Uh, the song that says, when you love someone, you don't treat them bad. You know, he basically played that song. Um, and that, I think now that I look back on it, it was his way of telling me that he no longer wanted to be in a relationship. And um, at the time, I didn't know that he had switched the song, but there was a knowing in me that I knew he did. And there was so much gaslighting going on. He denied, denied, denied that he switched the song uh, on the app, but how else could it have switched? And so th there was just this knowing in me that my marriage was over and that there was nothing that I could do or say to make it work. And um, that brought on such a deep sadness and a feeling of powerlessness. And, um, and the, you know, I, I remember I was lying in the bed one evening and I just felt so much anxiety in my body. I was alone because we weren't, you know, in the same state. There was nothing that I can do to try to um, assure myself that I was safe. And when I say safe, meaning that, you know, that I was safe with him, that our marriage will be able to stay intact, that he was still willing to fight for the marriage. You know, I, I had my own, clearly my own personal stuff that I needed to work through. Um, and so, um, so yeah, I just remember laying in the bed that evening and I felt so much anxiety all over my body. My body was heavy with depression and grief. Um, and I, I just remember, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to feel better. Um, I, I didn't want alcohol. I knew alcohol wasn't gonna do it. And I just remember getting out of bed. It was completely dark in the house and I jumped out of bed. And at the time, 
you know, we shared a dog, um, a boxer. And I got out of the bed so abruptly that our boxer, you know, he jumped up and <laughs> he was startled. But I, I, I ran to the kitchen and I grabbed a knife. And I remember laying in the bed and I was wanting to, I was wanting to cut my wrist. And um, I remember that, I just remember thinking that maybe this would fix this. Maybe I can get some relief from um, just all of this pain and uh, the discomfort of being alone, being abandoned, being, you know, feeling all of the trauma. There was so much that my body had stored and I was feeling every bit of it in that moment. You know what? I cannot even like, you know, I know you can't see it, but goosebumps. (laughs) Oh my God. I've just been writing. You know, two days ago, I said something on my page, and I know I don't know when this is going to air, but this month is September. It is Suicide Awareness Month. I put on my page, and the question was simple: What is the number one reason our kids kill themselves? And that same day, I had a I had a, a, an event with the the judge here and some of the juveniles. I guess I don't know where whoever he's over the the juvenile court judge. And I asked the same question to the kids and the kids all got the answers right. And all the adults got the answers wrong. Almost all the adults were like depression, depression, depression. Almost all the kids were like betrayal, betrayal, betrayal. And that's what you've painted for me today, a picture of betrayal. Mm -hmm. People wanna kill themselves because they've been betrayed. And I don't mean betrayal like, oh, I told a lie on you. This is the deep level the next level of your soul has been like just taken away from you. Of course, one of the symptoms is depression, but that's just a symptom. The underlying causes, you felt your whole world had shattered. I mean, look at all the things you've been naming to us. Marital infidelity, depression, grief. You wanted the pain to end, abandonment, trauma, right? Mm -hmm. All of them comes down to ultimately, you just felt like, oh my God, no, he didn't. And then you want to pay with your life because that's what we do. We just like, you know what? I can't take it. I can't take it. I have been there. In my own case, here's what I did. I took a pair of scissors and I was going to drive it down the left side of his chest. You see, it can be homicidal or suicidal. Yeah. Either way, I was so betrayed. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he did this. Right? Yeah. Now that's different from when I was suicidal, but you know, the point is, this is just what happens when all the traumas that we've had from when we were babies, they just kind of come all to a head. Wow. So how are you doing now? You know, life is pretty much done a complete turnaround um, since then, you know, um, you know, I did end up relocating to Arkansas with him. And about a year after we relocated, I decided to divorce him, you know, Mm -hmm. to leave him. He actually Mm -hmm. filed for divorce, but I did leave him. And, um, you know, I I was just talking to somebody the other day and life is just so much sweeter than I ever thought that it could be. Amen. Yeah. So, I I mean, I am definitely still on my healing journey. I have Mm. a therapist that I meet with every week. Um, you know, I have a good support system. I'm doing a lot of self-development work right now. Um, just, I'm leaning into healing, 
I'm leaning into healing. I'm trying not to get stuck in pain um, and bitterness, you know? So I, I, I don't want to be that person that wasn't me before this. And I'm not going, I don't want to allow that to, to, to define who I am. And so Amen. I'm working really hard to, to push through that. Yeah. Amen. So give us a bit of a, and actually maybe we did this, like I said, I haven't interviewed anyone in a minute. So maybe we did this even not the, the right way. What do you do for a living? Because I don't want to tell them. I know what you do, but I, don't, I want the listeners to know who you are today, because that is a yeah. powerful testament yeah. that uh, the word leaning into healing, because you are also a healer. And, and yeah. most people don't know that from that trauma, we now give birth to this person that you are today. Yeah. And then going back a little bit also, we don't have a timeline. Like how long ago was this? You know what I mean? Like when right. did all this happen to you and leading to today, which is, you know, September 4th. Right. Right. So I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a licensed therapist. Yeah. And, you know, even back then I was practicing, I've been practicing for about eight, uh, nine years now. And, uh, whew, the, it was really hard going through all of that stuff and, and practicing and, you know, especially when I had clients that were going through the exact same thing. And you're um, supposed to be the strength for them, but here you are crumbling. But that isn't that amazing how life is? Like, you know, yeah. you, you're supposed to be the, the stronghold, but you yourself, your center is not, is, is not even holding. And then, right. you know, just one second, going back to what you said about being a therapist and then yeah. having been a therapist before this and also being a therapist and getting therapy. I want yeah. to make sure that you can say that again for those at the back, because people think that, oh, because I'm a doctor, quote unquote, I don't need a doctor, or because I'm right. a coach, I don't need a coach, or because I'm a therapist, I don't need a therapist. But honey, it takes a lot of strength to say, I need help. Right. Most people don't do that. And that's what we say, right. always reach out, reach out, reach out. Wow, this is amazing. So in terms yeah. of timeline, how long ago was this? You know, I, so... I'm terrible with timelines. So I moved here. I moved to Arkansas in December 2018. So, okay, sorry. No, that incident had to be in 2017. Okay, cool. So it's still that fresh. incident. It's still, fresh. it's still, yeah, it's still yeah, fresh. Yeah, because mine, yeah. Is, mine was in, I don't know, 2009. So, I mean, I, yeah. you know, relatively speaking, wow, wow. Congratulations yeah. on, on everything, yeah. really. Being able to say no and say, I'm going to do bad by myself, honey. I'm good. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. if I have to. So, yeah. I have a couple of funnier questions. How is the, the boxer doing? Who got to keep the boxer? He did. I did not <laughs> want the responsibility of, yeah, I bought the boxer for him. And I okay. was the pri I took. I mostly took care of the dog and it just felt like heavy weight. So I dropped, mm. I mean, when I say I dropped all the weight, I dropped it. I love wow. the dog, but yeah, no. I, I so two things I want to ask. Okay. So, okay. So two <clears throat> things I want to ask. First of all, you don't have any children? No children. Okay. That's great. Because yeah. like we talked about before we started recording epigenetics, transgenerational trauma. That yeah. was good. And then I think that's also something that is smart that you did. It might be a dog, but you still need it to be able to be in the place where you can care for the dog. And yeah. I think if you're having feelings of, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe you wouldn't be an optimal parent yep. for the dog. Yeah. So that was a wise thing that you did. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I usually want, I usually like to write some, like some quotes 
from like the interviews and definitely the leaning into healing. I think that's going to be the title yeah. of this podcast. I just mm. love that thing <clears throat> so deep. So yeah. as far as, you know, painting a picture of support, being a black female, how, and how did you end up finding your center? Who mm. was there to support you and how did that all work out? Cause we tend to not want to talk about <laughs> these things a lot. So how did, yeah. how did you do it? So it, it's, it's funny, you know, <laughs> so I, I'm a Christian and I'm a, you know, I'm a Bible believing Christian and uh, I'm also very spiritual as well. And I really just, God literally walked me through that season of my life and is still walking me through this season. But <clears throat> God had it so that I would get connected with women when I actually moved here to Arkansas. So at the time, um, we were, um, me, my ex-husband and I were under the impression that he had a sex addiction. And so he was seeking treatment for that. And <clears throat> that is how I found myself in a 12-step recovery program for the partners of sex addicts. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I don't really know, j just for the record, I don't know if he actually had a sex addiction or not. The last time, you know, he was evaluated, he did not. So, but, but either way it goes, that led me to a 12-step group. Hmm. And that is where I found my, my place. That's where I found um, clarity. That's hmm. where I began to really heal. I'm, a, I'm such a big believer in 12 steps. Usually people think about 12 steps and they think about individuals who suffer with addictions, but there are 12 step groups for people who uh, live with and experience uh, life with someone who has an addiction. Um, and so, so yeah. So anyway, that is pretty much, sorry, my dog is barking. <laughs> Isn't it funny? We just talked about dogs. I was just talking to somebody today. Somebody was asking about, and I'll probably edit this part if you want to, but <laughs> we're talking about about their dog i mean i think do they ever like edit their podcast and i said no did they ever listen to their podcast and i said i listen to it when i edit it and i know my dog always wants to make a, an appearance so i try to you know take <laughs> and now your dog is making an appearance as well so right. hey you know what it's it's part of the it's part of life you know you can't right. edit life sometimes and sometimes it's just the beauty of it yeah so how did the 12-step program i've never heard about um 12-step program for the partners but that it makes a lot of yeah. sense because that's vicarious trauma in a sense it is yes. it is wow yeah so, so the the 12 step program really helps you with boundaries setting good strong boundaries because when, when you're in a relationship with anyone that has an addiction um typically boundaries are you know not really existent in those relationships unless you you know you do have good strong boundaries and so, um, so that group really helped me learn how to develop boundaries, how to practice healthy emotional detachment from addictive behaviors that were still present in our relationship. Um, and the, the goal, the result of that was me experiencing emotional sobriety. Emotional mm -hmm. sobriety is when you're able to detach in a healthy way from someone else's toxic behavior Amen. And, and still coexist with them. Because there are a lot of people who still live and are married to people who have active addictions, right? So it's like, how can I exist with this person and still stay sane um, and, and not lose myself in them or in the relationship? Wow. So, uh, so, so good. 
Yeah. So, you know, when I moved here, I was by far the youngest. Most of the women that were in that group were probably 60 and over. They were all white women. A lot of their husbands were doctors and attorneys and um, IT. You know, I, it was just, there was there was no commonality there. The only commonality that we shared was that we, you know, we all experienced the same trauma and betrayal in our relationships. Wow. So that was interesting how God brought me to a space uh, with women who I, who I felt felt so safe with and I was really able to heal um in the midst of them. So that was that was great. It sounds like it was great. Are you still do you still go there? I mean are you still a member yeah. of so I, I I do I do not attend that 12 step group anymore. I actually um I work the another program, another 12 step program called Adult Children of Alcoholics. And um, and this group is for people who grew up in a household with a parent that had um, an addiction, whether it was alcoholism, even if a parent did not have an addiction, even if there was a high level of dysfunction. So if there was, um, you know, abuse happening in the home, if there was domestic violence, things like that, the traits that are developed um, in an individual when they grow up in an environment like that are the same. Wow. That makes and a so, lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Trauma, trauma, trauma. Anyhow you look at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard about these people before. So I'm going to put links to these in the show notes because I've never heard about any of these people before. I've never yeah. groups. But these yeah. are good things for people to know. But then it's also good that you're a therapist because your patients get the best of both worlds. They get to Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> So, so, the, so I'm guessing the, the, the 12 step groups helped you and probably just believing in yourself maybe helped you also. What about family yeah. support and church maybe? Yeah. So um, my faith played a huge role in, in that, you know, like I said, I'm very spiritual and I did a lot of praying, a lot of fasting and, um, you know, people would ask, you know, do you regret, you know, divorcing or, or leaving the relationship? And I absolutely do not because I was, a, you know, I was one of those people that did not even believe in divorce, was shocked when I was facing it, you know, like I just really did not think, you know, uh, that that would happen to me. Um, and so, but God, when I say God walked me out of that marriage, he absolutely did. Um, I began to dream and he, I mean, my dreams, he was showing me what was going to happen. Um, he would tell me what to do in my dreams. I would wake up and I would automatically know what to do. Um, you know, even if my husband was unfaithful, God would let me know. It, it was just so clear. It, it was almost like God said, time is up and it's okay to move on. I think I like, and, the, I like the fact that you said it's okay <clears throat> A lot of people, I'm, I'm, I've been divorced once, so I'm definitely in that boat. A lot of people yeah. will stay. I'm not sure why they're staying and I'm not here to judge them. It's not, it's not my right. case. But I know that for me, it was time. It was extremely toxic. And I gained from my ex-husband fibromyalgia from all mm. of the toxicity. So today I have chronic pain syndrome from toxicity in a marriage. Like I said, that night I would have driven that pair of scissors into the left side of his chest. I know what to do. <clears throat> Thank God I didn't because I would probably get the death sentence in the state of South Carolina. The mm. world would have been so different for me. 
So there's, there's a lot to be said about leaving a toxic environment. It's not yeah. it at all. No. So if you're no. listening to us, get out. And I know yeah. it doesn't sound like, and please, I don't care what anybody else tells you from the outside. You know in your heart that it's unhealthy. You know. Yeah. It's not about your church family, your regular family. My father, for, for the longest time, still kept referring to him as my husband. And until one day I said, Daddy, I'm not going to speak to you again if you're not going to recognize the fact that I'm no longer married to him. This is a fantasy of yours, not mine. Like this mm -hmm. is not for, from, it's not my problem if you choose to not see that people do get divorced and, you know, you don't live ever happily ever after for everybody. And that's right. okay too. Right. But imagine if you had killed yourself that night, the story would have been, oh, she's been suffering from depression, or they would have told some story about you to make you look <clears throat> like you were just, you needed to die, which mm -hmm. is bad enough already. So even your memory, the story he would tell of you would never reflect that he cheated on you and he caused this, right. never. And that's why getting out and saving yourself is so critical. So you can yeah. tell the story because there will be somebody listening to this now who's going to be like, oh my God, that's me. Isn't that yeah. why we want to talk about the story? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I remember probably four months before I made the decision to leave him. I remember I was, I was feeling suicidal again. I was actually dissociating at this point. I would look in the mirror and I, it, I would jump because I did not recognize myself. Oh my God. It, it got to that point. And I remember telling him that I was feeling suicidal and he looked at me and he said, well, that's a part of life. <laughs> you oh know? Oh my God, no. <sighs> yeah. So I just, you know, there, there was, there was um, so much about that relationship that just wasn't right anymore. You know, um, but yeah, to, to just answer your question about what helped me, that 12-step group was a huge support for me. My faith was a huge support. Um, you know, the church that we were going to at the time, the pastor was counseling us and he was a great support. Um, and he even encouraged me to leave. I was just um, going to ask you that. I was just going to ask yeah. you what was the pastor's take on it? Because I know, as much as you know, that some pastors, I know one of my friends, he's not a pastor, but he was like all about Bible. The yeah. God abhors divorce and the Bible doesn't yeah. approach that. And I was like, I'm Catholic. So I went to the Cardinal and he mm. told me, he said, Jesus is the head of the marriage. He does not want an unhappy union his words and i was like you say no more yeah say no more um but yeah we have to we have to save ourselves i, I love that you did what you did and and did it for you did it for yeah. you imagine that imagine you not being able to recognize who was in the mirror and, and that brings me to that song by tamia there's a stranger in my house mm. but that time this time around the stranger was you in the song yeah. the stranger is the is the, is the other person but in your own case, the stranger is you. Like there's a yeah. stranger in your own house, which is your body. Like you don't even recognize yourself. It's, it's yeah. dangerous. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. I didn't even think about it like that, but that is pretty much what that was like. Yeah, because I had lost myself so much. That was scary. Yeah. So you're and doing I had a whole an amazing lot... therapist too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say you're doing a whole lot better now with the therapy. You took it out of my mouth. Yes. 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 At the time, even while we were together, I was in therapy. We were doing couples counseling. 
eventually he decided to stop doing it. Mm. But I had a great therapist at the time. And I, I mean, I was really wrapped up in so much support. My sisters were very supportive. I have a small group of really good girlfriends that loved me through that, that talked for me, talked with me for hours through that, you know? So, I mean, I had everything that I needed and some. And even my, my ex-in-laws were super supportive and loved me and gave me whatever I needed and still very much support me and show up for me. I so, love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a gentleman on my podcast, I think a couple of weeks ago, and his his parting words were support. He just kept saying support, support, support mm-hmm. someone, find support, be supportive, support, support. Yeah. And you've just you've basically echoed it today. There's a lot yeah. to be said about great girlfriends and family members who do not ostracize you because that was a reverse for me. My ex husband's mm-hmm. entire family entirely ostracized me and the kids for mm. for the longest time. For the longest time. Now he wants to come back, but one son is in graduate school. He was 11 when we split up. So you can't really just come into his life. Now he's an adult. He's a man. So you need to find your way into his life. I can't help with that. It's it's not for me. But it was a terrible, terrible. One of my reasons for being suicidal was that I was ostracized big time. I couldn't, Mm. I just felt so dirty and nasty and just horrible to myself I felt like I had failed myself and I was bad and I just rotten like I just needed to just vanish yeah that's the power of being ostracized and 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 internalizing it as your fault because I had to go through the journey of I'm not the listen I'm not the bad person bad things happen to me but I'm not bad Mm -hmm. but that that is the the shift in mindset that everyone needs to have Yep. Bad things happen to you or for you to learn and grow from, but you're right. not bad fundamentally. Wow, wonderful. right? That's powerful. That is a hard switch, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's not an easy one. Hence, you know, the suicide rates are one every 20 seconds. It's not an easy one, it's not, mm. an, easy, it's not an easy one at all. Yeah, wow. so coming back to reality as far as like today and in your day to day, how is how does how has your experience? now fueled your own you know journey and your work with with your own patients now how has that helped man it has helped tremendously the way you know i I just i'm i I can even right after my divorce and when i was walking through the divorce process i was able to see the fruit and the blessing in all of the hardship that i went through pretty quickly because when, you know, when I had clients or couples that would come to me, you know, there's no years of schooling that would have helped me be able to identify what the problem was, what potential solutions may help them right in that moment. And it just, that was very empowering for me. I was able to help people much quicker than I, than I was in the years prior to that. Um, and it took me walking through that. I mean, you know, I don't think that your, your therapist needs to go through everything you went through to be able to help you. I don't think that, you know, but I do see the benefit in the struggle that I went through and being able to empathize with their pain. With I their was waiting pain. for the word empathy. I was waiting for it. I was, I was waiting. Yeah. For it. I was like, yeah, I know it's coming. Yes. Yes. Being able to empathize <clears throat> with their pain, their frustration, their feelings of uh, discontent and just 
like how did i get here you know like not that experience where you don't even have words you just you just i'm you come to session and it's like i don't know what to say i'm just here right like i get that i get it you know so that is deep. it's helped a lot that is deep what you said you don't have words they're not enough words it's just the vocabulary is just not rich the pain is so much i can't even speak that is yeah. amazing and then you because of your journey, you recognize it and you see it. And right away, you have the compassion that's needed for them at that moment to be the wind beneath their wings or the shoulder for them to cry or the back right. for you to carry them on. You know, right. that's amazing. And you're right. Not everyone needs to go through it to understand it. But I tell you, it helps a whole lot to have gone it through it. And when I, when I speak to my patients, it's easy for me to, they're like, what? I was like, yes, I have been suicidal. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, I have. Mm-hmm. And they're 16. And right away, their eyes just like, oh, you know, light bulb moment. Yeah. She gets me. Isn't that yeah. what everybody wants? Yeah, to be seen and yes, understood. Be, yes, hello. I love yeah. that. I say that all the time. The teenagers or kids, at least, that kill themselves, they feel invisible. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you for just an awesome testimony. I feel like there's more in there, though. I feel like we can close the world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is there, um, usually before we, we end, I ask the, the, the guests to share like parting words or, you know, going away advice or your favorite mm. podcast, wink, wink, or your favorite <laughs> books to read or something yeah. for the listeners to go, to go get or where, or where they can find you, like the name of your practice mm. or whatever. So, yeah, well, thank you so much. So, you know, I well, guess has it been, has it been a good, you know, half hour, 40 minutes for you? Has, yes. You know, this is, yes, this has been very healing for me to be able to share my story, you know, as a therapist, <clears throat> I, you know, I'm getting more comfortable in sharing my story and being vulnerable in this way um, and being okay with the reality that I went through these things, you know, and um, so this is a part of a healing journey for me, even now, to be able to share my story. Um, so thank you for creating this space for uh, for us to be able to share but, um, you know, I guess if I were to, you know, I would like to give a recommendation for a book for people, you know, who who may find themselves in a pattern of being in abusive or toxic relationships, who may have grew up in environments that were dysfunctional, is to look up the author John Bradshaw. He wrote a great book, Healing the Shame That Binds You. Mm. And he pretty much... Uh, coined a lot of the inner child work which is a lot of the work that i do and i practice um as a therapist is helping people heal from childhood wounds that are still showing up in their adult lives Mm. um you know and that are causing them to stay stuck in cycles that Mm. may be their parents you know uh Mm. their parent cycles of trauma that they've passed on and so that I, i would recommend john bradshaw being a good author for, for them to look up. And I guess the parting words would be, <clears throat> you know, to, to not give up hope, you know, to keep seeking and looking for yourself. You know, for long, for many years, even when I was practicing as a therapist, I did not know who I was and I knew that, you know, but I had to stay on the path of self-discovery. 
And I could not be scared. Uh, and I want to encourage others to not be scared of going through something because I was. I was scared of difficulty, not even realizing I had already went through a lot of difficulty. I lost both of my parents before I was 23. Mm. You know, so, um, so we have so much in us. And I just want to encourage the listeners to, to stay on that pursuit, right? To stay curious about who they are and know that they are more than enough, that they have everything in them that they need to, you know, to fulfill their purpose in this life, to be the person that they are um, destined to be. It's already in them. They just have to keep seeking it out and being curious about themselves. And a good way to do that is through therapy. Yeah. That is so beautiful. What a beautiful combination of words. I, I was trying to scribble as much as I could down. <laughs> I'm so happy that yeah. I always get to go back and listen to the podcast and just kind of remember the energy and then channel it into just, just writing the, the show notes. It yeah. has been amazing. I know you said you were a bit nervous at the beginning. How is that nervousness right now? It's not there anymore. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Just knowing that your words can be so powerful and my my target audience is everyone, of course, because it's suicide, but my primary listenership is like 24 to like 42 year old women. So mm. this, this message is like, it, it was basically mm. tailor made for them. What you just said, yeah. 24 to 42 year old. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for sharing your story with me. I, I never also know who I'm going to get and what I'm going to get. I always have my tissue, like I told you, right? Yeah. <laughs> you never know which way you're going to go. Yeah. I, had, I had one, one client that we literally had to, we had to, I had to call a stop. I had to stop the interview. Mm. We could not stop crying. It was so sad. Mm. So needless to say, I'm, I, I don't take it for granted that people talking to me it can also trigger their, their trauma. My wife's husband and brother died of suicide. She hasn't been able to come on my podcast as a guest because she, she, I don't know that she can go back there. You know, I don't think she's ready wow. yet. So I, yeah. I know that sharing stories, I don't take it for granted. People have to be ready. And if they're not, I can mm. hold space for them, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's and true. Thank you response. so thank much. Thank you. Yes, thank yeah, you so much. I I'm appreciate it. Hugs. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you for coming, B. Whew, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that was... Mm, that was powerful. And I learned a lot of new things. What is this 12-step program for this, that, and the other? Honey, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to go over this and write it down and put the links in the show notes for you guys. But B, B, sorry, B, before you leave, where can we find you, the listeners? Where are you? Where are you located? Yes. Your office, your practice? Yes, so my that? practice is, yeah, my, thank you. My practice is located downtown Little Rock. Um, I am licensed in both Texas and Arkansas. So if there's anyone that is in Texas and wants to meet with me virtually, they can. Um, and they can find me on my website at yanoyatherapy, A-R.com. Can you spell that? Yes. Thank yes, you. Yes. That's spelled E-U-N-O-I-A-T-H-E-A-R-Y. No, therapy. T H E. R A P Y. Is that one word though? Yeah. Well, in the website, yeah. Yanoyatherapyar.com. Okay. 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 Um, but the my practice, the name of my practice is Yanoya Therapy and Self Development. Hmm. And so you can find me on Instagram 
at Yanoya Therapy SD. S is in Sam, D is in dog. That's both my Instagram and my Facebook page. So do you know what you, you, you oh girl, you know your therapy? What was the and self-development? Oh yes, I need that. Okay. Yes, and Yanoya means well mind, beautiful thinking. In so that's the what language? I believe it is Greek. Oh, I believe wow. it is Greek. Yes. Nice. Um, so I love the fact that you're dual licensed. I want to mention that because I'm all about empowering women and I love it when black women, as you know, we are like the most educated people in the world. Yeah. And I'm actually dual, I'm actually dual licensed in that phrase because I'm also Nigerian who are the most educated people period in yeah. the world, but also yeah. black women in America, at least are the most educated. So yeah. we're queen of education right here. I love it. Yes. I love it. Love yes. it. So licensed <laughs> in Texas and Arkansas you do, and you do, um, the, you do tele telehealth. Yes, I do telehealth. Yeah, yes, I yeah, I do. Whoa, and by the way, my my dad it. is from Ghana, and my really? mom is from Mississippi. Yes, yeah. Hey, so I am from Mississippi. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I know you I'm said both of them are Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that. It's funny you said that you're African American, and I tell my kids, I say my kids are Nigerian American. Like literally, they're Nigerian and they're yeah. American. They've got both, and and. Yeah. Yes, and they are. If you yeah. meet them, you know the, the Nigerian pops up every now and again. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, it has been an amazing morning. Thank you yes, so much. Wow, so you're actually Ghanaian. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you know anything about Ghana jollof rice and Nigerian jollof rice? Uh -huh. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> you're my first client. You're my first guest that I, I went there with because I think you're my very first Ghanaian guest I ever had. Oh wow! Yes, okay. I love yes. it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The wife now is Liberian and I'm Nigerian. So we're all West African. And we, wow. you know, she threatens to move back to Liberia and I threaten <laughs> to move to Ghana because we don't want to move to Nigeria. So it's <laughs> Wow. Thank you uh, so much, Beatrice. Now yeah. I understand your name because I was like, Beatrice? Hmm. Yeah. African Americans, they don't go to Beatrice, but. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I have an aunt who's Beatrice. So he's a West okay. African girl name. Yes. Very yeah. African. Thank you so much for coming. Thank Who you for having me. You know how my podcast goes. We don't want to end, but you know, every good thing comes to an end. So this is Dr. Lulu, AKA the momatrician. Go check out Yenoya therapy. She spelled it and I'm going to put it in the show notes. Check her out. If you're in Texas, check her out. If you're in Arkansas, check out the sister. She's, she's got something to share and something to give. And, and you know, the life that you might save may not be yours, but it may be someone that's close to you. So share this podcast, tell someone about it and leave me a review if you can. Okay. And I'll see you next week with another fabulous guest, or maybe I'll be doing a solo cast. You never know. All right, folks. Deuces. Bye. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Lulu. I just wanted to take a moment to wish you guys a very, very, very happy holidays. I know some say Merry Christmas, some say happy holidays. Don't judge me, right? I'm going to go with happy holidays because I want to summarize the Christmas as well as the New Year's. But more importantly, I wanted to say if you can hear my voice, if you can hear my voice today, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, I want you to take a moment to look up into the sky 
and just offer thanks. It has been a very trying year. It's been a crazy year. There's been a lot of loss, too much loss. But even in all of the clouds, there's still a silver lining. The silver lining is that you are here today, living, breathing, and able to hear my voice. So for that, let us give thanks. Let us hold space for each other, hold space for ourselves, and just say thank you. So this episode drops on the day before Christmas. I want to say thank you for everything, for the blessings of listening to me all year long. I could not ask for a better, more loyal audience, but you guys have been there for me through thick and thin. When I'm crying and when I'm happy, when I'm sad and when I'm jumpy, when I'm energetic and when I'm not, thank you all so much. So if you're listening to me and you are a woman and you are an immigrant in a country where you live, I want you to send me an email to askdrlulu at gmail.com. I am publishing, putting together an anthology and going to publish it in the first quarter of next year, an anthology of women immigrants. I want us to share our stories, to share our love and our journeys and our adventures and the ups and downs of how we found ourselves where we are today. So if you are a woman and you can hear my voice and you're an immigrant, or if you know a woman who fits that bill, send me an email, tell me who they are and I'll contact them or have them contact me. I'm working on anthology. It is so exciting. Finally, we're going to get something good that we can hold on to out of this year that has been so crazy. Again, I want to wish you and your family and everyone who's dear to you and those who are not a very happy and safe holidays. Remember, you are not stuck at home. You are safe at home. Bye. Hey, are you stuck in indecision? Is there something you've been wanting to do, but are having a hard time deciding how to go about it? Maybe you wanted to write a book, you're having issues with your relationship, your kids, money. Maybe you want to quit your job, but you don't know how to go about it. Hmm, you might need a life coach. Believe it or not, I just launched my life coaching business this year and I'm open to accept clients and we're having free consults. So go to calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu. That's calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu and grab yourself a free 45 minute session and I'll see you on the inside.